This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, hey Marge, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Running a growing business means getting the insights you need wherever you are. With Shopify's single dashboard, you can manage orders, shipping, and payments from anywhere. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the United States. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash ifanboy, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash ifanboy now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash ifanboy. You are listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 239, brought to you by DCBS and iFanboy listeners exactly like you. Hi, and welcome to the iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast, episode 230. I think we should change the enunciation on that. We should, like, next week we'll try of. We should, pronou- of. We should, we should pronounce it podcasts. Or we should just, just, like, just, just throw some shit around. It's been a while. I think we need to mess with the format. Yeah. I thought that. and then Anyway, I'm Josh Flanagan, like you didn't know, unless you're new. There's like three of you. Oh, maybe we'll try this out. Who are these people? I'm here with Connor Kilpatrick. Hello, Joshua. Joshua. And Joshua. Ron, John, Ron, John Richards. John Richards. John Richards. John, John Richards. I'm Ron's cousin. How you doing? <laughs> I thought you were estranged. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, <can't wait> to- <laughs> I nearly spit. I nearly oh, spit. Nearly. All right, keep taking drinks through the whole show. We'll see We've we been red do. wine throughout on my monitor. Oh, <laughs> nice. Because it's not hot out, but it's <laughs> hot in here. <laughs> iFanboy.com is our website. It is about comic books. Because we like them and we didn't have anyone to talk to 10 years ago. We read a lot of them. Every week, one of us is tasked with making the pick of the week where they read all their books and then pick the issue that they like the best. The one they love, we call that the pick of the week. They write about it on the site. Then we come talk about that on the show here. That's the first 10 minutes or so. And then we talk about other comics from the week. And then we do some, some stuff. We do vaudeville. That's what we do. Woodville. Uh, that's going to not go away for a little while, I think. Before we get to the show, if you haven't read your books yet, they could be spoiled because we're going to be talking about what happens. So you know it. We know it. Everybody's on board about it. Ron, pick. You. Done. Let's go. Thank you, sir. This week was a, a pick of the week of inches, by the way. Um, there were a couple of books that were nearly picks of the week. 
It was and a strong week. It was a strong. It was, it was a strongly average week. There was no like blockbuster. Oh my god, you know, like other than new event, uh, new Avengers number one. There was no main, you know, like big huge hit book. You know, uh, at least I would I disagree. Thought. But I think there was a, it was a week full of books that were really strong. Yeah, they were so. all very very strong. Yeah. Um, I would have had trouble picking one. Yeah, you totally disagreed with him. He goes, "It was a strong week." Well, it was a strong average week. That means you don't agree with him. <laughs> I'm trying to bridge gaps, Josh. I'm trying. Uh, to, you know. Anyway, can't we all get along? Uh, I- ultimately, what I picked was uh, X Factor Forever number four, written by Louise Simonson, art by Dan Panosian and Eric Nguyen, um, and uh, colorist Jim Charlampidis, and lettered by Dave Sharp. Okay, Tom. I love, I love listening to you mispronounce things. <laughs> oh, come on. Look at that name. Sharalampidus. No, 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 no. I listened to the A-Team show. It was just regular words. It was great. <laughs> anyway. You said, you said, you said Coupe de Grace. Yeah, <laughs> I knew when I said it that was incorrect. But, um, Sorry. I apologize to everyone out there for that. That's a family thing. Go listen to our A-Team review. Anyway, uh, so I picked X Factor Forever number four, and the reason why I picked it is because as you know, longtime listeners of the show know that I'm completely – I wouldn't say obsessed but enamored by uh, X-Men Forever by Chris Claremont. Um, the whole concept of giving a creator a group of characters or a title and letting them pick off where they left off on an epic run I thought is a, it was a fun kind of way to let Chris Claremont go off to retirement in. <laughs> um, um, and as I said in my review, you know, it's essentially just a glorified what if. You know, that, that's what it is. It's an ongoing what if. And I love what if. And for those who don't know what if, what if it was the old title that Marvel used to do, which would take a, a pivot point in the um, in a storyline and say, what if it went in a different direction? So like, what if, you know, what if uh, Uncle Ben didn't die in Spider-Man? What would have happened? And, you know, things like that. Um, and so the thing about, and as we talked about X-Factor forever, as you've heard in between my cackling, uh, it's insane. Uh, I, I've now decided this, that Chris Claremont is insane. And... Um, and so I, I feel bad because X Factor Forever is kind of getting, I felt as if getting overshadowed with that, with the, with the picture that I've painted of the Forever line of Marvel Comics. X Factor Forever by Louise Simonson couldn't be any more different than X Men Forever in that Louise has written, and we talked about it when the first issue came out, Louise has elegantly written a story that if you told me this was the next chapter of X Factor at this certain point in the continuity, I would believe you. Like it is just, it's, it, it makes sense. It's just, it's well done. Um, she's. Why don't, you, why don't you tell people where where we were when this so, book ended? Yeah, when Louise Simonson ended on the book, it was right before. Oh, I gotta remember this. It was right after uh, Will Spartaccio was on the book, and it was right after the battle on the moon, or right before the battle on the moon, where they gave uh, Nathan Christopher the baby, who later became Cable, where they gave him to the Ascani to go in the future. I think it was right before that is where I, it dropped off. I, I thought there was going to be some context I could use there. Sorry, but, yeah. But uh, X-Men fans might remember that. Um, you know when the uniform had the zipper, but it was on the left side and the X's were lower? That was 93. Yeah, exactly. But um, <laughs> so at this point in time, X-Factor was made up of the original X-Men. So it was Cyclops, Jean, Jean Grey, Iceman. Iceman was having problems with his powers, so he had a, a belt that kind of controlled them. Uh, Beast was, as he should look, furry and blue and, and non-lion-like or cat-like. And well, um, Didn't he start off in the book he was human, wasn't he? Well, yeah. When the X-Men first started, he was human. and he just No, had, no. I mean in X-Factor. Oh, yeah. In X-Factor, yeah. He, yeah he's gone through different modes of, of the human to, uh, looking human to the, to the furry blue character. But yeah, yeah. He, when it started, he was in his human mode at that point. Um, and then uh, Angel is actually Archangel in this after being manipulated by Apocalypse. And they live on um, a ship, which is a, a sentient uh, spaceship that Apocalypse previously owned that is actually originally was created by the Celestials. Um, and this whole that sto- sounds a lot like the uh, the carrier from the Authority. 
A little bit, a little bit. Yeah. Sh- ship was ship was more ship was more sentient than the carrier. Like ship had, ship had a personality. It You're was, calling ship like it's his name, ship. Well, yeah, that was the character's name. It was named Ship. Right. They say yeah. they called it Ship. Yeah, so they said Ship. That's a good. That's a good name. Yeah. It's, well, it, it's it's accurate. Um, yeah, well, that's true. But anyway, so uh, so the story picks up there, and basically, it's it's picking up the thread of Apocalypse, which I always read was uh, Apocalypse was the main villain in Louis Simonson's run for X Factor. I mean, he was the one that you know manipulated Angel. He was the one that um, you know that that had the four horsemen of the apocalypse and all that sort of stuff. And I recall that. Yeah. yeah. He, so he was the main guy, um, and this whole story has been centered around him and Caliban, who is his kind of you know lapdog, uh, challenging the X Factor team and then breaking in the ship, kidnapping the baby. And then basically positioning the team for this issue here in issue four, which is the second to last issue of a five issue miniseries. So it's a limited series, which makes me cry. But um, basically set up the team for a conflict with Mr. Sinister, who was the at this time of Louise writing X Factor was the I don't know why I said X Factor um, at the time of her writing X Factor was the villain in X-Men. And Mr. Sinister was the one that created Madeline Pryor, who was the clone of Jean Grey that Cyclops ended up marrying and having the baby with, and was more like a genetic tinkerer kind of guy. Um, and it it really brought back all those great storylines that Claremont and Simonson were weaving at this time period. And this is, and admittedly, it's sentimental because this is the time that I fell in love with with the X Men um, and these characters. Um, but Louise totally blew my mind with her story in this book because it basically asked the question: How do we know? We'll refer to the baby as Cable because he later went on to be Cable. But how do we know that Cable is actually Cyclops's child? Because Madeline Pryor was a clone of Jean Grey, and she was under Mr. Sinister's keep, and the baby is named Nathan Christopher, which is Mr. Sinister's name. It just seemed too, like it was eternity test. Yeah, exactly. When when they when they did that, I was like, oh my god! And that was the moment where I'm like, this book isn't continuity. Don't take it seriously. But it was done so well, and it was such a swerve and such a twist that I wish this was 1992, and this is the actual story that was happening. Um, and at the same time, the Celestials have arrived. Ship is uh, taking off to get away from the Celestials. Um, it just is weaving in a whole bunch of stuff that made X Factors run so good. Uh, Dan Panosian is killing it on art. And um, and I suppose I should give some credit to Eric Nguyen too. I don't see where Dan Panosian ends and Eric, Eric Nguyen finishes, like or picks up. Like I don't, they didn't specify who was doing what pages, which is a gripe of mine. When you have two different artists, I kind of want to know who's doing what pages. No, what? No, I disagree with that entirely. Well, I'll you get don't to, want to be broken up. Well, I'm going to get to that. I'm going to get to. That. Well, I think it depends on the story. It does. We, we've yes. seen in Spider Man, it worked really well. I'm going to get that later on with New Mutants because there were three artists in that. But um, I would like to. I would like to change the pronunciation and accent on all the titles for the rest of the show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so this was X Factor. Uh, X Factor New Mutants. We'll see whatever the next one is, yeah. but that'll be the challenge for this. this anyway, episode. but um, yeah. So so Pinocchio and Nguyen are just it, it, what the, what they're doing with the art is that. It's so easy to make it look retro. Like on X-Men Forever, Tom Grummet's the main artist, and he's trying to do early 90s style. He's trying to do Jim Lee. Um, I, I saw that one issue, and he seemed to be strong his style, which is very much early yeah, 90s. Yeah, true. Okay, well, there you go. It's still, it's still early 90s. But what Pinocchio and Nguyen are doing is it's completely their own style. It doesn't look like the comics of the 90s, but at the same time, it feels retro. You know, which is a subtle, subtle distinction, and I, and I can't explain it more than that. It just feels like a throwback kind of look, but it's totally unique. Um, so yeah, so I love it. It's great. It's it, Simonson, you know, nails these characters. Why isn't she writing a regular book? I mean, I know she's on in years, and maybe she, you know, she probably, she, she probably has a real job. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, she's great. She's great. She's 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 an old school. I mean, 
You know, she's she not she's a name that people don't talk about, but she yeah. was all over the industry. She wrote yeah. the death of Superman, didn't yeah, she? Yeah, she did. Yeah. No, Jurgens wrote it, but she was one of the people who wrote the. Superman yeah, she book left. She left X. She left X Factor to go work on the death of Superman books. I bet yeah, she, she made a shit ton of money on that. That's yeah, what true. I bet happened. Yeah. Yeah. So now she's living off Walt's uh, World of Warcraft money. Now she's burning cigars with $100 bills. Nice. But anyway, um, you know, admittedly, this is another one of my kind of, you know, it's my pick of the week. It's not yours. Um, and so, you know, so it worked for me. Um, it, you know, it might not work for you if you weren't a fan of these characters, if you weren't a fan of Louise Simonson's work. Um, maybe it doesn't resonate for you. But for me, it just totally hit. And I wanted to – this issue was particularly really good because the action moved. It had a bunch of reveals. Uh, but all in all, the series has been great. And so I'm glad I got an opportunity to kind of highlight it. So, um so good on you, Louise and, and Dan. Good job. Is that your favorite forever book? Right now, it's it's the it's the best quality forever book. Would I mean, you rather that be the, the long long running one? There's going to be a New Mutants Forever, Josh. Um, oh. X Factor Forever is a different. I mean, X Men Forever is a different animal than X Factor Forever. They're just different. I can't compare them. I can't pick. I can't pick my favorite of both my children. Come on, just pick. No if one was drowning. Who would you save? Probably X Men Forever because it's ongoing. Uh, <laughs> Invalidated your entire last ten minutes. Of no, I love it, but I love them all. But um, it was good. So it was really, really good. Um, but the probably the biggest, I, I think, the community pick of the week um, on iFanboy, and the the biggest release uh, was yet another Avengers book from Bendis. Uh, this time, New Avengers number one. Say that Avengers? again. New Avengers. New Avengers. New Avengers. Um, with art by Stuart Immonen. Um, and it was good. It was really good. It was really good. It was really good. I just felt like I've read it already. Here's the thing, and I was talking to Connor about this earlier. I think that it's good. I like an Avengers book, but at a certain point, I have to wonder what's too much. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like, A, Eminem my favorite Avengers artist that's going on right now. I love Eminem's work on this stuff. It and looked I wish great. It looked really good. It looks fantastic. Yeah. And it's interesting. It's good. There's nothing that I didn't really like about it, although I don't so much care about the Mystic Magic characters. That's However, yeah. I just I'm like I just feel like I've I'm reading Avengers from Bendis every week now, and I, it's maybe maybe a little less would be better to make it more special. It's like it's like if you're if you're married to the supermodel, eventually you're gonna get sick of her. Yeah, it's just that there's a lot there's a lot going on. It's a yeah. I mean I think I think when it sh- sh- settles down it'll be different. Right now everybody's in every book. Yeah. And huh. eventually, eventually, after these first stories, it's going to shake out where everybody's on their own book, except for Wolverine and Spider-Man or whoever else is doubling but up. All, but they all have that same feel. They're different characters, but it's still, it's still Bendis' patter. Yeah. You know, sure. It's still that thing. Well, and the thing is that this is the book that's that, – that, I mean, because it's New Avengers, but this closely – this is the closest to what we've been reading for the past five years. Yeah, you know yeah. these characters, this kind of this kind of banter, this kind of setup, this kind of you know this kind of thing. What I don't quite understand is, you know, so how is this team so different than the regular Avengers team, other than not having Cap and Iron Man and Thor? Fifteen blocks north. Well, yeah, but but I mean, but Wolverine's on it, uh, Hawkeye's on it. Like it's it's the same team. Well, he's not. That's that's the whole point I just said. Is yeah. that they're all in they're all in all the books right now, and they're going to shake out. Right. Yeah. No. But but when they went to the mansion, it was around the table. Was it's Luke Cage, Mockingbird, Wolverine, Hawkeye, Spider Man, Ms. Marvel, um, Iron Fist, and and Thing. And right. of that team, half the team is regular Avengers. But they didn't necessarily say that all those yeah. people had joined, did they? And there was a good joke that uh, about Wolverine multitasking. That was funny. Yeah, but yeah. it was also like I was also I was a little bit like, would he say that? Yeah, 
Yeah, but, uh, but he, I, maybe this is the Wolverine who feels comfortable with everybody, I guess. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He's and, that, and that's fine. Yeah. He's with his friends. I, again, I feel like at the end of this storyline, we're going to find out what the teams really are. Right yeah. now, we're just sort of playing. Everybody sh- shuffled. The deck's been shuffled, and everybody's sort of showing up everywhere. And after a while. I, I like how these guys seem to have limitless time. Yeah. I mean, I'm fucking busy as all hell, but they're <laughs> like, hey, you're on this team. You should be on another team, too. I'm like, I'm just chilling. What the hell? You don't um, live in a comic book world where there's no yes. limit to where you can do the now, Peter Parker 30 day out, 30 hour days. Now, the one thing about the, yeah, the one thing about the, the magic stuff, which, you know, you know, generally I'm not a big fan of magic. I do, you know, I, I did like what Remender did with Dr. Voodoo, though. Um, so I'm glad to see it continuing here. I really like the, the uh, element of saying what spell was happening. Yeah, that I just thought that good. was cool. I thought that was cool. That was something new to the to the magic. That was cool, but I, I couldn't. I really couldn't care less about that part of the storyline. For me, it was all about the team and yeah, go moving to the mansion and having dinner and and sitting around and and been disbantering. That was, for, I mean, we, Josh and I were talking earlier and he was complaining and I was saying as long you know it's, for me it's great as long as it's good. Yeah, I, every yeah. week it's fine. You know, I, and, oh, oh more good so. comics. I'm sorry. No, but it's the same <laughs> thing. Give me more like, good I, comics. Terrible. Yeah. Well, no, but I th- yeah. but but the thing is, that I think Bendis knows that, and these books are going to be different. They're going to be different. I mean, it looks like this one is going to be more. This storyline is magic based, and I think this, you know, yeah. you know, what help would be to put an amazing artist on one of them and have them be really horribly delayed, because <laughs> that seemed to work in the past, so that I didn't get sick of it. Nice. <laughs> um, I, 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 this is a gorgeous, gorgeous book. I, yes. I like. Ibn has no. Bounds. He can. Yeah. It feels like he can do anything at this point. Some of his best stuff in a while. I thought it oh. really, really tight. Really, really good. So, um, but oh yeah, and also I should I forgot to mention at the top of the show we're renaming the show the Marvel Pick of the Week. Uh, <laughs> somebody mentioned in the comments on oh, Pick of the Week. Funny enough, you mentioned that because yeah. am- uh, Amazing Spider Man was my Pick of the Week. Six thirty four. How good was this? The Joe Kelly Michael Lark issue of the Grim, the first issue of the Grim Hunt, which is the follow up to the. Um, what was the last one called? I don't have the books with me. They slightly uh, uh, What's his face? The lizard story. The, yeah, but they had, the, had a name for all of it. Whatever it was. Oh, the, uh, the gauntlet? Gauntlet. Yeah. The gauntlet was setting up all the classic villains, and now they've come together in the Grim Hunt, which is the hunt for all the spiders. And this was almost perfect. Little things aside that I didn't like, this was Joe Kelly, great writing. Michael Lark, fantastic superhero art. Um, just, just gorgeous. Felt like Daredevil. I'll t- do you, do you want to know why it wasn't my pick of the week? Why? One Ezekiel? word. One word. As Ezekiel. soon as I turned the page, it was Ezekiel. I said, I'm out. I was mad about that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out, Jerry. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm sorry. I can't, I'm, I'm not, I won't do, I won't acknowledge JMS and all that crap. I won't do it. Yeah. I won't do it. Yeah. So I dropped, that was my only I dropped, I dropped Spider-Man pick. finally now. Oh, you haven't. No, I haven't. I'll still read it, but I, I could, I could, <laughs> I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna, Reward bad behavior. Yes. <laughs> what are like you talking Jason about? Yeah. Your entire comics purchasing career is rewarding bad behavior. <laughs> Shh, that defines you as a consumer. <laughs> but beyond like, Ezekiel, like, did. <laughs> you're the comic equivalents of going, I think I'm going to go back to the BP pump today. I think that <laughs> eventually the thing is I've always liked their gas, and I think they're going to pull through on this one. And it's cheap. <laughs> Ezekiel aside, the idea of the Craven family hunting all the spider people that have been Spider Man or Spider Woman over you know the course of the years was 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 nice and the it was just it was just gorgeous. I remember I remembered how much I liked having Michael Lark every month. Yeah, it, it, I felt like it was Daredevil. I mean, it was, yes. it was Daredevil for me because I'm you, I know you guys read Lark with all the other stuff, but uh, with Gotham Central. But for it's me, it was Daredevil. Daredevil. Yeah, so 
Um, it was great. It, it was just really good. And and honestly, three ninety nine. Like I was like, I, I I finished the issue and I looked to see what issue number it was because I was like, all right, what's like, why was this so thick? Like, why was there so much in this story in this issue? Um, but it's just issue six six thirty four. No big deal. Because there was a backup story. There were two from backups. Max Fumora. Yeah. Fumora. Nice. And then a Marcos Martin with written by Stan Lee. I mean, this yeah. was. This was my favorite book of the week. Yeah, this it was, was it was that. really good. It was really I just couldn't I just couldn't make it. Uh, a book you know what else I liked was the cover. Yeah, I liked the uh, typography of the cover, and I liked the I liked the treatment. It was it was yeah. really just perfect package, yeah. except for the Ezekiel part, which was bad. I love the Spider Man books; they're so good. They can't the problem. The only problem I have occasionally, and this will come up with another book later on, is is occasionally they'll want to take that bad thing and fix it. Yep, Kane. Just better, to, just better to let it go. Like Kane. Like Kane, like Ezekiel. Ezekiel. Yeah, just let it go. It doesn't exist. Just, no. I understand you want to be the guy that fixes the thing that people hate, but just let it it's go. Better just to forget it happened. Yep, agreed. Just forget it happened. Yep. Then they've got to endure years of people asking a dumbass question at panels. Yeah, well. But wait a minute, what happened to the baby? Just nothing, stop. Yeah. Let it go. Yeah. Let it Gosh, go. Did you read Pale Horse number one? I did read Pale Horse number one. The okay. ironic thing was that he wasn't pale. <laughs> or, I mean, Pile Horsa. That's Pile Horsa number one. Uh, this is a Western from Boom. That's Ooh, right, yep. right. Yep. Boom. And it is about a black cowboy, to put it in very terse terms. And it's like a revenge story. And it was a pretty straight up Western. Um, I liked it. I, the, 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 I, I guess if I had anything to nitpick about it, was that it wasn't anything. There wasn't anything terribly unique about it, no. other than the fact that he w- he was like he was a black cowboy as opposed to a white cowboy. Uh, but it was pretty sort of pitch perfect, tough guy talking and shooting and and things like that. It was. See, I, didn't, I didn't mind the lack of uniqueness because um, sometimes you just want to do a solid story. Yeah. yeah, and you know this felt for much very much like a Jonah Hexian story uh, to use it terms people understand who re- listen. Um, Black cowboy's Indian wife is raped and murdered by a bunch of guys, and he gets revenge, and he has their baby, and he has to keep the baby with him as he goes on the revenge. And it's sort of a sort of a western uh, lone wolf and cub. Yeah, uh, and he's a badass, and he says really cool, tough things, and and, and nobody can take him. That's I like the of... art a lot. It was very evocative. I thought. Yep, it was good art. It was Some really really nice panels. They were just sort of very very moody. Um, I really liked this more than I thought I would. There's a lot. There's a lot to be mined here, and I think that it is a good start, and and it could be, it could be really interesting. There could be a lot of really, really good things that come out of it, and I, I think this is one of those. This is absolutely one of those books that people pass over on a shelf. It's it's from Boom. It's a Western. There's no names with it that anybody necessarily uh, equates with anything. It's not like it's not like Mark Wade's writing it. Uh, if you like Jonah Hex, then you should. You I think you'll like this. You should at least yeah. you should at least check out the first issue. Um, so if you're one of those people that listens here that reads Jonah Hex, check out Pale Horse Number One from Boom. Well, it, it was a. It, it looks like it was a good week for Boom because um, the other book I want to talk about that was nearly pick of the week uh, was Darkwing <laughs> Darkwing Duck Number One. I uh, wish you had made Darkwing Duck pick of the week. I thought about it. I really, really thought about it. Um, but uh, uh, stepping off of the Disney license that Boom has, I've been reading the the Uncle Scrooge books uh, from them as well. And what I think is interesting is that those Uncle Scrooge books that they're doing are done in the classic kind of Uncle Scrooge style. And not a lot of people might not 
connect with the sim- simplistic panel layout and like very simple comic strip. You know, I, I know I understand why they're doing it because it's a you know it's a nod to what's you know been passed. But with Darkwing Duck, this is a straight up comic book of Darkwing Duck, um, and the front cover includes a special thanks to our good friend Tad Stones, who's the creator of Darkwing Duck. Um, and you know the art by James Silvani looked great. It looked you know, and it looked right out of the cartoon. Um, the story I thought is really smart. It picks up years after Darkwing Duck has retired, and now he's just working a dead end office job. And he actually shares a cubicle with his former uh, arch nemesis. Um, I forget the character's name. The guy, the 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 goofy like guy with the electricity, um, Megavolt. So he shares a cube with Megavolt. They don't know who you know. Like he, nobody knows that he's Darkwing Duck. So it's that they got that kind of thing. And it ends with his, you know, with, with him, you know, get, getting ready to put the costume back on. So it's that classic superhero trope story, but done in the Duck verse, which is so much fun. Launchpad was in it. So great. Um, the, it was going to be a four issue miniseries, and do, thanks to the orders, it's now an ongoing. So boom, I'm telling you publicly, do the right thing. Get Tad Stones working on this book. Because it, it, Darkwing Duck is a great character, and, and I love the cartoon. It's great to see him live on again in comics. So. People were really excited for it on the website. It, it, it was great. I mean, honestly, it was great. This was as good as any comic book I read this week. Like, you, you, we dismissed the licensed books and, like, the Disney books as, like, oh, they're Disney, whatever. But this was really good. So I flipped through it. It was really good looking. Yeah, it looks great. It like, looks actually, really I saw some really nice storytelling pages and stuff yeah. like that. I really have an affinity for that kind of cartooning. Yeah. That really clean line cartooning where you can't really you can't cover up any mistakes with 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 cross hatching or shadows or no, yeah it's all very every line has to be precise and perfect in there and if the shape is off everybody knows it yep. because it sticks out like a sore thumb and and that's something really kind of cool yeah so I, the world is a better place with Darkwing Duck and DuckTales and Uncle Scrooge being in comics and so I'm happy for it so good job boom I applaud you and the inside cover has a funny Duck Knight, Duck Knight Returns uh, takeoff cover on the Dark Knight, which is funny. So lightning bolt and yeah. Anyway, good times. <laughs> so now that Darkwing Duck is an ongoing book, if you wanted to subscribe to it, you could do that through Discount Comic Book Service. Uh, we want to thank DCBS for sponsoring this episode. Um, they've got monthly specials of up to 75% off, and normally they've got 40% off all the major publishers. I know, you know Darkwing Duck was a th- uh, $3.99 book. I bet DCBS had it discounted quite significantly, so you can get it for pretty cheap. Um, they've got flat rate shipping on all your orders. There's $5.95, so no, no matter how many comic books or how little comic books you order, it's always going to be one, one price, $5.95. You can get anything that, that is in the previous catalog from Diamond. So they're basically just a comic book store. You do your ordering online. They send it to your house. It's fantastic. They've also got over 9,000 trade paperbacks in stock, so you can get all that fun stuff when they come out as well. Um, you can go online. You do your orders. You can track them online so you can see the progress of them. You can set the frequency of when you, you want your comics to come, weekly, biweekly, monthly, whatever you want. They'll every do other day. Every other day, exactly. I just want one comic a day. Um, so go to dcbservice.com sign up today if you lack a good comic book store local nearby or they're just not doing it for you go to the DCBS right at DCB, dcbservice.com now, now the, the reason that I wanted to talk about New Mutants 11 is wait I've made a huge right. mistake well just <laughs> real briefly to go back to what we were saying earlier about when there are multiple artists uh, you know, so New Mutants number eleven is the eleventh chapter, second coming. I'm not going to get into the story points. The story was good. Um, Le- Legion, Professor Xavier's son, is now in play, and he's using his multiple personalities like Pokemon, which I thought was funny. But um, uh, it had. I don't th- know what that means. Like he's got Legion. Ha- <laughs> Le- <laughs> Legion. Le- Legion is um, Legion. <laughs> I don't know why that was funny, but it was. Legion is a is a schizophrenic, and he's got multiple personalities in his head, and he's an he's also an Omega level mutant. That, and each that one, was, 
that was the part he didn't understand. Right. And each one he of, did know what multiple personalities are, but the Pokemon he had. Yeah, how's yeah. Pokemon get involved? Well, no, because so what happens is that so in his head he's got all these personalities and they all have different powers. So Xavier goes in his head and goes, "We need your help." And in on the in the you know the mines plane, there's a big room with all the personalities locked in boxes, and there's a platform, and Legion is just picking which personality they need based on the power. So it's like Pokemon. I don't know Pokemon. Is. You never watched Pokemon? You were supposed to explain no. Pokemon, not oh, the okay. comics. So Pokemon, <laughs> in Pokemon, Ash has all these little balls that hold God. Pokemon, and they all have different powers. So there's like, you know, Bulbasaur and, and, and Pikachu and all this stuff, and they all have di- – so based off what the fight is happening, he picks the Pokemon that is most – I can't believe I'm explaining this to you. Um, it's – so, I can't believe you thought this was the part you didn't have to explain. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's not the reason why I want to talk about it. Um, How it, does Naruto fit in all this? Naruto does not. <laughs> Naruto? Naruto? Naruto. Um, so it was written by Zeb Wells, but the art was by Ibram Roberson, Lan Medina, and Nathan Fox. And so the thing is, I knew what the Nathan Fox pages were. They were the Legion pages, which were awesome, and there weren't enough of them. But... Honestly, I couldn't tell what the Ibram Roberson and the Lan Medina, uh, uh, who was who. I know this this uh, story took place in three different places. Legion's Head, the X-Force team that went into the future, and the X-Men team currently in San Francisco. I'm guessing Roberson and Medina were doing one of each of the different places. I don't know who was doing what. Why and does it matter? Because, Isn't that a good thing? Yes. Because no. otherwise, you're trying to figure out who's... Obviously, if you can't tell them apart, then they're doing that on no, purpose. No, no, not that I can't to... tell them apart. I don't. They're not names enough that I know their style enough that I can recognize them like Nathan Fox. Yeah, but I, why do you need to know? Because I liked Should... one and I didn't like the other. And I want to know who did it. I don't, think that's, could... I don't think that's uncalled for. So you could tell there were two different artists. You, couldn't just, you just couldn't tell who was who. Correct. Okay, that's, so different how... than not knowing, that's different than not knowing who was... So you just want the thing at the beginning that says page yeah. 13 and 14. Exactly. So I can This say, is different, though, than when Mike Perkins and Steve Epting were doing a book and you couldn't tell the difference between them because you didn't – because I, I didn't want to. Or what, what happened in X-Factor with Pinocchio and Nguyen where I just don't know – yeah, I don't know right. what Yeah, that's fine. Right. That, what I'm saying is that if you've got three artists doing three different stories for all intents and purposes, let me know who's doing which one. That's all I'm saying. That's okay. That's more valid. Yes, thank you. Moving on. <laughs> Brightest Day number four, another book with multiple artists where they don't tell you who's doing what. Uh, <laughs> this, this is your thing this episode. Well, no, no, that's not. Brightest Day number we, four. So we're, we're past the gang of inkers thing. You're over that Yeah, now, now, now I'm just uncredited artist. No, um, is this a crossover with Avatar? Listen, I think... <laughs> My, the, the, what I mentioned earlier with people tackling things they should just leave alone, this, yep. is, this is what I thought of this issue, was the Hawkman. Wow, the, the way, first, to, way to t- tap into the zeitgeist. The first six pages of just, just exposition about Hawkman, I just, just leave it alone and move yeah. on. Which and so, is what you thought was happening, so, so that would make this all the more painful. And so then Hawkman and Hawkgirl step through this portal, and they come into this world of big floating rocks that are connected via chains, and it looks like it looked like it looked like uh, Pandora. Like, yeah, but it's mostly it was less about that, more about the idea that we're going to fix Hawkman. No, don't you can't fix Hawkman. Just yeah. just wipe the slate clean and move forward, and not don't fix him. Yeah. You can't. No one can. You can't help it. I know, but everybody wants to. It. It, just, it just ends up being a mess. No, no Hawk, one wants Hawk is angry. Hawk is angry. He's a, I, well, he's the avatar of war. And I just want, I just want a Dead Man book. Dead Man's pretty cool in this book. Dead Man is awesome in this. book. I enjoyed it beyond yeah. the Hawkman stuff. I, once I got yeah. past the Hawkman pages, I really liked it. But the Hawkman yeah. pages, just, just stop. And why? And why, why was the cover Black Lantern Firestorm when Firestorm was, ba- you know, was barely in it? Because Black, Black Lantern, Lantern sells. Yeah. Black Lantern Firestorm killed the girl that showed up in this book. Right, I got that, but why put him on the cover then? 
because it's a reference to that. She, she was yeah, dead because of him. Shaky. Shaky. Moving, moving units. That's moving what's units. happening. Moving on. Moving on. I had like a three-way tie in my mind for pick of the week, and I'm still going what back now? and forth. <laughs> and and uh, one of them up there would have been Fables number 96. Basically, they're doing a retelling of of Snow White's origin, which is interesting because it's basically we all know the story of Snow, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Um, but they had to incorporate her sister Rose Red into that. You guys remember her from the bits that you read of Fables. Yes. And and in, in this version, like the dwarves are are lecherous, horrible men who rape her every night. <laughs> oh god. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's, it's really quite awful. Um and it was good. It was just like really good. For whatever reason, like I think that at this point, because the here's your spoiler, they're not they're not in Fable Town anymore. <laughs> when they go back to the 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 homelands or whatever uh, and, and you have Mark Buckingham on art, like that's just when the book is best. Uh, it, lately, it's been really good. Yeah. Um, so it's a, like it, you know, it's like one of those background stories that they never told about one of the big main characters. And the fact that it's Snow White and the Seven, Seven Doors, we all know that story. Uh, but it was still done really well and made to be interesting. So uh, I was, here's I was a story I don't story. want to read: the dwarves raping Snow White every. They night. don't show that part. It's just sort of a throwaway thing, and, and it. Ugh. Yeah. There's a reason for it because they the she fucked over their father when he was younger and he said I'll curse you for this and and then well there you go yeah it's, it's that, makes, like a, that makes it okay I think the book that I clicked as my pick of the week although I'm still I'm reticent between uh, Fables Walking Dead and even Four Eyes Four Eyes number four which is spectacular too I'm sorry friend. what book Four Eyes I don't believe I've heard of that book. we we get that later <laughs> yeah uh, anyway uh, Walking Dead number seventy three. I'll have you know that I was talking to someone very high up at Image Comics who found out that um, I read Walking Dead in hardcover and laughed in my face. <laughs> <laughs> Literally laughed in my face. <laughs> um, basically, uh, it's 73 issues in. It's all about changing the paradigm over and over. And, you know, you've seen, you've seen them in the prison and you've seen them on the road. And now you see them in a new situation and it's one of those things that's everything seems okay but it there's like that underlying sense of dread and creepiness and who's it's going to be the one that turns on them or who's the it's bad just guy? Ha- wh- what's i mean, we have no idea what's going to get fucked up but something is and and things are in motion and stuff is happening and it's really tense and it's really good and and it's not just it's, and it's working with all the stuff that had been built up before that and uh, I mean, like, I can see how this is gonna. If they stick with it, it, could be a TV show that goes on for a really goddamn long time. You know what I mean? Like, because this works so well still. Seventy-three issues in, man. Uh, really great issue. Probably one of the best in a while. And I really like the status quo where we're at right now. This story that's going on. It's it's some it's it's Kirkman doing really good work. Yeah, it's really impressive how long that book's been going on. You're, you're not kidding with a with a with a. You know, with a theme that has just been trod into the ground by everything. Yep. So and it's and, it, and it's it's just bleak. <laughs> it's it's bleak. kind of not. It's kind of not right now, which is which is the thing that feels. Well, off. it's going to make it all the more bleaker when it goes bleak yeah, again. You can't trust damn it. right. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, there's only so many more people you can kill. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm not sure who's left. All right, don't You're say anymore. They're going to have to start. Chop it off more body parts because they're like, well, we can't kill that guy because if we do, there's no one left. It's like MI5. <laughs> All right. The, the Magdalena number two from Top Cow. I came on late to this book. I read one and two this week, and I really like this book a lot. Um, Is that it's Ron Mars, right? 
Ron Mars writing yeah. Nelson Blake the second on the art, and it's about uh, the it's it's similar to the to the Grail line, you know, conspiracy theory that there was a child of Jesus and Mary Magdalene, and in the in this book, her line of descendants is they're all warriors. And I, there's been Magdalene comics before, and I haven't read any of those. I've only read these first two issues, and this is the it was first really series. yeah. It's it's she's first time she's had her own series, and the Nelson Blake the second art's really really strong. It's yeah, really it's nice. Good. It's really clean, great storytelling, um, action-packed, and the characters all have expression. I mean, it was really solid. I was really impressed by the art a lot. But the story's fun. I mean, the story's really, really cool. The, uh, you know, she's, she's the reluctant heir of, of Jesus Christ, and she's a warrior, and she doesn't want to work for the church anymore, and they want to bring her back, and there's demons trying to kill her. It, it, it was really you know, action-packed and, 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 and interesting, and, and Ron Mars is really good. Yeah, he's no slouch. Well, he's, he's, he's a veteran. I mean, he's, yeah. the guy knows what he's doing. Also, at no point does Magdalena say, humper dumper do doo no, no, she doesn't. <laughs> but she does stab demons. Um, uh, so I was, this is this is my surprise of the week, where I wasn't expecting it to like these two issues as much as I did, but I did like them a lot. I picked up Mad Joker's Asylum Two Mad Hatter One Shot. That's a rough title, um, because Bill Sienkiewicz was doing the art, and when I read all the stuff uh, on like on the site and the solicitations, Bill Sienkiewicz is going to do the art. When I picked it up, it said Keith Giffen and Bill Sienkiewicz. And that's you got a solicitated, solicitated, solicitated. So all the like all the like, stores do. Here's yeah. the deal, and, and I wrote this on the on the site in our light week feature that comes out on Tuesdays. If you're looking for something else, we'll each pick a book. Um, I I'm like a Bill Sienkiewicz convert. When I was a kid, I just wasn't ready for him, and I pushed it away for a long time. But uh, recently, the more I see him, and the more I'm like, man, he's very he is very good. There, you know, there's just something I can't even explain it. But and so I was really looking forward to a book full of his interiors. But what I got was a book that that it's one of those Keith Giffen layout jobs. Um, and for not something, even that. I mean, it was it was Keith Giffen pencils. I mean, you could yeah. Who, who drew the Starman book that he did? I don't remember. With the star, what Sinkevich did the Starman book. He did the interiors to that. Yes, well, yeah, he did. But he, somebody else did the layouts. But I didn't know yeah. the person. Was, and it was that, a lot. But that more, book felt more like Sinkevich. This felt like Giffen with a little, little, little dab of Sinkevich. Yes, and, and and the thing about Giffen is, I, his layouts are are very uh, utilitarian. They work. They do what they're supposed to do. He's good with storytelling. But everything is in a box, and it's just very undynamic. And it, instead of Sienkiewicz, uh lending a lot of life to uh, the Giffen art, uh, what it did was the Giffen art sucked the life out of the Sienkiewicz stuff, yeah. I, I feel. It was a fine, fun little story. It wasn't fun, but uh, <laughs> no, it wasn't fun at all. There was a closet full of dead women. Um, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> like, like, just move it to the refrigerator and it would have been all over again. Uh, uh, the artist of Starman was Fernando Dagnino. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Nice work. Yeah. Um, and I liked the I liked the, the the Mad Hatter story part of this. I liked that he's like an addict and he just can't keep his shit together. Yes. Um, but I I was re- I was I was really, re- it was really expect- disappointing. Was what yeah. It was. I really wanted this to be better than it than it was. I mean, it was you know it's like the cover is beautiful and the, you know the Sinkevich stuff is is good, but it was just less than. Is he an inker now? Basically, a little bit of both. Bo- I mean, uh, he I think. Green Arrow, and he uh, yeah, he was he was inking over yeah, he was doing stuff over Norton yeah. But Norton, but Norton said that he's like I just did it really loose yeah. and, and but still, I mean, he doesn't really seem to draw anything. He yeah. seems to just think artists, I mean, some artists do, but some artists really just don't like to do the layout part because that's the hard part. Yeah. And so you get you know Keith Giffen is like he's a workman at layouts. That's what he's, he does. He's doing vaudeville. 
Oh, he's not doing vaudeville is the problem. <laughs> I know. All right. So uh, those are the books that came out this week that we enjoyed. Uh, you can see all the books that came out at ifanboy.com slash comics. And there you can do your pull list. And you can come back and rate and review the books you read on Wednesdays or after Wednesday. And we want to highlight a couple of reviews from you, the users of ifanboy.com. First one comes from Grifter78, uh, who reviewed Deviate, Gods and Monsters, number three. Uh, surprise, a Wildstorm book by Grifter78 review. Um, gave the story a three out of five and the art a four out of five. And at the time of this recording, 3.9% of you made it your pick of the week. And this is the Deviate series by Brian Wood and Rebecca Isaacs, um, of which Grifter78 has to say, this issue felt like set up for something bigger later on. Based on the end of the issue, I doubt one of the characters here is done in the story as they say they are. So far, each of the issue covers have given us a heads up of which Deviate character we're going to focus on. Issue 1 focused on Copycat, Issue 2 on Bliss, and here we are with Powerhouse. Powerhouse. House. It's a nice story structure because each of the kids get their time in the spotlight. Rebecca Isaac's art continues to be solid, and she does some beautiful landscapes in this one as well. You can tell by her attention to facial expressions that she's really paying attention to Brian Wood's script and accurately conveying the emotion of what's being said in the dialogue. Um, and yeah, I'm, I just I got the first issue of this, and I like I, I like Wildstorm, and I like I, I enjoyed the original Deviant, and I like Brian Wood, and, and I, I decided I was gonna wait on the trade for it. <laughs> a I was rare a- move by me. I was incredibly bored by the first issue. Yeah. Talking like there what I imagine Powerhouse sounds like. There wasn't enough Powerhouse. <laughs> no, I just, I, there were all these people. I did not know who they were. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was boring. Yeah. yeah. It looked really good, though. Yeah, the, uh, Rebecca Isaac's art looks great. So, yeah, yeah, it looked really good. But I was just like, I, I felt like, I was like, this, is, this should be more introductory than it is. Yep. And it wasn't at all. And because of that, I couldn't get interested in the least. Yep. And I found the script error. Yes, nice. you did. <laughs> our, our next review comes from Citizen Milton, who's not reviewing Justice League Generation Lost number three, as the script says, but Four Eyes number four. Oh, that would be why I brought it up. <laughs> four Eyes number four. Give a story a two out of five, the art a three out of five, and 6.3% of you picked Justice League Generation Lost number three. No. <laughs> this is all suspect now, Ron. No, it's not. This is the review. Trust me. Citizen Milton says, I'm choosing to ignore the elephant in the room, which is easy because the elephant just texted me that he's stuck in traffic. To react to Max Fumora's art in this series, I lack the terms to describe it, so I'm just going to quote the dialogue accompanying the two-page splash page that resolves the cliffhanger left over from the last chapter. He writes long sentences. Max Fumora's art, it's a miracle, a goddamn miracle. Joe Kelly's I Kill Giants also dealt with similar themes, young people having to confront with the darkest trials and obstacles of the adult world. But each series is a different dynamic. In I Kill Giants, the young protagonist retreats into a fantasy world, but in Four Eyes, our headstrong chap charges into the real world with such courage, by the end of this issue, he is disabusing the adults of their disillusions and fantasies. The conclusions of this initial four-part arc set up what could be an epic Depression-era story with a fresh genre twist. Part Augie March, part Harry Potter. I'm eager to see where... Hold on, wait a second. The elephant is texting me again. I'll be back to you in a moment. (laughs) You had a nice little narrative there. That was a good review. It was a good review, yeah. It was. Yeah. A job? No. So Four four Eyes finally comes to an end. Uh, It wasn't an end. It was the first chapter, although (laughs) I I certainly wouldn't hold my breath. Yeah. (laughs) Um, It was was a little hard because I, I was like, I have no idea what happened at the end of this. But I've loved every single part of this when it came out. And it's one of those things where you're just like, I forgave it. You know, like we talked to Joe Kelly about this a long time ago, and he was like, it's going to take a long time. So I knew that going in, so I can't get mad about it. And every part was done so damn well that, that I mean, he's gorgeous. And it's not, you know, the way the image works, he's not getting paid for it. So when he got paying work, he had to take it. I don't blame him. Um, but this trade, I assume, will be collected at some point soon, and a lot, hopefully a lot more people will see 
that that Fiumara is, I mean, major talent, major, yeah, well, major he, talent. He had a backup in Amazing Spider-Man this month. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's he, Joe Kelly's brought him over to the Spidey office, so we, you know, hopefully yeah. we'll see more from him. So, uh, yes, yeah, good. Just it was a good ending to the first part, but it's not. It doesn't feel like a conclusion. Yeah. So go to ifanboy.com/slash/comics and write your reviews. If you want to help out iFanboy, you can buy some T-shirts. We've got a couple of T-shirts still available. We actually, did, did some. We found some hidden away in the back room. <laughs> We've got the Fear Agent T-shirt by. Um, uh, Jerome Pena, I believe, designed the Fear Agent t-shirt, and yep. that's still available, as well as Love the Battle Book shirt. shirt from Mike Norton. The Battle Book shirt is pretty freaking awesome. Um, how do you get those shirts? You go to fmwe.com slash store, and you can buy them. Uh, there's only, there's about 10 Battle Book shirts left, and there's, there's a, I don't know the number of Fear Agent shirts, but they're still available. So check those out. You can help us out by buying those at fmwe.com slash store. Excellent. So on to the emails. Our first email comes from Mike from the UK, who says, with the current trend of filmmakers to buy up every comic book property under the sun, and quite a few of them turning out pretty well, I'm curious to know what you think would be the worst possible comic book property for someone to try and make a movie from. from. And saying the century is a cheap get out isn't allowed. Regards, Mike in the UK. So what? Century. <laughs> Wait, so I, I, I'm bad with the directions. So what comic property would make a bad movie? Well, you could look at all the ones that have been done already. Catwoman, Ghost Rider, The Punisher, Punisher, yeah, Punisher. Woo. They can't seem to get that right. Well, okay, well, what hasn't? Like, what what comic do you think would make a bad movie? <laughs> Wouldn't a bad comic then? <laughs> Century. I, I mean, I feel like it's funny because when you start talking about the X Men and really getting into like some of the stuff like that you were talking about earlier with the stuff that you liked, like I think an X Factor movie, a New Mutants, anything that's really gets off the main sort of people. Well, you can't. Fail miserably. Yeah, you totally. Can. And I could totally see it happening. Yeah, like just going one. I mean, what was that TV show? Wasn't there a? It was a Mutant generation X. X? Mutant no, X. Yeah, Mutant X had nothing to do with the X Men. It just said it was called Mutant X. Howard Chaykin worked on it. Howard Chaykin worked on it. Nothing to do with Marvel. Uh, okay. Um, I, I mean, it's almost like shooting fish in a barrel. Honestly, like I have my, my doubts about Green Lantern. Yeah. I mean, because it, it's a little goofy. Didn't they already green light the sequel? Oh yeah, yeah. Yes, Once did. you get beyond the main characters, then you start to get to the really dicey territory. Yeah, that's why movies like Ghost Rider are kind of silly, and movies like Punisher and Daredevil. And I, I got I one. I got one. Howard the Duck. Yeah, but they already I think did it's that. sometimes it, like stuff like Howard the Duck works in pages, but it doesn't work in real because because people can't get the tone right, and yeah. I think that that's what happens on a lot of these. Is they don't know how to get the tone right. Oh, and I got it! I got Captain it. America's going to be dicey. I think. I totally got yeah. it. I totally got it. Uh, Deadpool. Yeah. And I'm not even yeah. like my Deadpool yeah. bias aside. That's not going to be. That's not okay. going to be a movie that's going to attract. It's going to be. And it's going to be a flop. It's going to be such okay. a flop. Here's something. I don't think that Hawkeye would work. Oh, interesting at all. Going to find out. Because yeah, but he's at. Uh, he I bet you it's going to be Jeff Loeb Hawkeye. Yeah, no, it, that's, that's we, we know that's going to be all the ultimates. Yeah. That's what the movie is. It's not going to be the Marvel Clint Barton, yep. and and I, and I almost agree with that because he works as he works as a foil. He doesn't so much work on his own as a solo character. Look what he's dressed he also, up like. He's dressed up like a moron. I mean, the, uh, he's my favorite character. But it's a, I mean, it's a stupid costume. It's yeah. purple and blue. Those it's colors, great on the. It's great on the page. It's not great. Yes, on the screen. yes, yeah. yes, yes. So they'd have to change him and they'd do some sort of latter day bad uh, Robin Hood take or they do like the, the Incredible Hulk TV show Black Daredevil sort of thing like it would be like that yeah. or the Ultimates thing or something like that and and his attitude's weird like it'd be hard to play and make all those things work together yeah. um, so that's something I think works in comics Cerebus 
Nice, nice. Well played, well played. Next email. Ethan said he went to Granite Con. They have a lot of cons. In Manchester, New Hampshire a couple weeks back, and I found a collection of Vision yesterday and tomorrow. I knew Jeff Johns had written this, and I was prepared to buy it based on that alone, but then I discovered that Ivan Rice drew it. So it's the Blackest Night team working together five or six years before Blackest Night. I found the story to be a bit slight, but it was neat to check out the early dynamic between, between Johns and Rice. I also discovered issue one of Captain Dingleberry by Rick Remender. (laughs) 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 Rick Remender. Uh, which was both bizarre and on Captain Dingleberry. Uh, I'd never heard of CD before. He didn't want to write it out, and it, which was and it was a nice surprise. My question to you is: What are the hidden gems in comics that you've been treated to over the years, Ethan D? Um, well, there's nothing like the there's nothing like a creator's early work. Like we talk about Bendis so much. If you haven't gone back and read Torso Jinx, like all the stuff Bendis did in the early, in the '90s, like that could be a little you know hidden gem for you there. Um, I um I bought a trade about a year ago. I think it was. I think it was the Lobster Johnson trade. Yeah. And in, in that trade was a Jeff John Scott Collins story. Ooh. Which I wasn't yeah. at all expecting. So that yeah. was that was literally what Ethan's talking about. I was like turned the page and it was like the next chapter written by Jeff John, drawn by Scott Collins. And I was like, Ooh, hello. <laughs> hello. <laughs> hello. Hello. <laughs> and uh I did it like that, then I went, then I fanned myself yeah. and uh I threw confetti in the air. And it was it was nice. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying that's, to th- that's a nice surprise you don't expect to come across. Yeah, I'm cool. trying to think of when the last time I, I got surprised by a creator, te- a creator team. I can't and remember. And similarly to that, I think Jeff Johns is, is – we're all talking about Jeff Johns, but I was going through some books in my storage unit. And I found a uh, JSA classified, I think, with written by Jeff Johns, art by Amanda Connor. I mean, oh, there's, wow. just, there's tons of stuff back there from people who you know now that worked five, ten years ago. You didn't know them then. Right. But didn't register. Um, so there's, there's, I got I got some old Avengers issues from the early '90s with this young artist Steve Epting. Oh, I yeah, have those yeah. as well. He was very good. I, <laughs> I know. <laughs> don't go there. Yeah, don't go there at all. So, Josh, any for you or? I can't think of any, so I'm not going to drag right. us down while I try to. Fair enough. All right, so if you have questions about creators or anything about comics, shoot us an email, contact at ifanboy.com. We love hearing from you. And our first question is uh, another question about creators. Hey guys, this is Juan from Fullerton, California, and I was just curious if you've ever finished reading something by your favorite creator, whether that's artist or writer, and it just left a bad taste in your mouth, whether it it missed a mark or it just didn't do it for you, and if so, uh, was it a particular title, Uh, was it a story arc, Um, yeah, that's, that's the question, so thanks a lot, love the show, hear from you soon. Before I even get started, that's how you do a voicemail. Name, where you're from? 28 seconds, good question. I'm thinking about this, and I know that this has definitely happened to me a lot. Um, you know who the first name that comes to mind is? Is Alan Moore. Because um, he did some more experimental stuff. I'm trying to remember what it was. Oh, it was that uh, Lost Girls. Yeah. Lost Girls was good. <laughs> I know, I'm kidding. No, no, I'm joking. No. I remember there's a book called The The Birth Call that he did. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should have known. <laughs> Exper- I know, but like, at that point, I was just like, Alan Moore, I will buy this. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Be- but because it just it just wasn't right, it wasn't right at all. I think it was I about can think afterbirth. of <laughs> afterbirth. Awesome. Yeah, I think I can think of two right off the bat. One is uh, the filth by Grant Morrison. Yeah, yeah. Grant Morrison's yeah. a real good one for this. Grant Morrison, I love. He's one of my favorite creators. Sure. Um, but every once in a while, he will just swing and miss for me anyway. And the, the filth was a book I couldn't even finish. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and Bendis with Spider Woman. Uh, you stole, you took the words right out of my mouth. Spider Woman. Yeah. That was the one. That was the the first Bendis one in a while. Where I'm like, oh, this just isn't working. Yeah, uh, I, mean, I love Bendis, um, but I couldn't get I couldn't get. Past I, I got another. I got one. I got one from the archives and and with a callback to earlier in the episode uh, when Chris Claremont left the X Men and he went to DC and he launched his new series Sovereign Seven. That was a big disappointment. That was I was like, oh wow, this is gonna be great, new Claremont, and it was not good. Are we I gonna rec- talk about Ravage twenty ninety nine? I recently read, yeah, Stan Lee. There's one. There's one. Uh, I recently read that uh, Jeff Johns Avengers book, and I was like, I don't like this at all. I like those a lot. Oh, really? I know those are supposed to be really good. I, different, I didn't. And was I that did. the one with the sad Iron Man face? Yeah, like the tone was just off for me. Ooh, sad face. I had to go home and put my sad mask on. <laughs> really like Kieran Dwyer, but yeah, besides good. that, I think Remender um, inked a bunch of those too. Yeah, he, he did. did. Yeah, yeah, did. So, not all of them, but yeah, so. uh, uh, you know, there's de- there's there's loads of those. I think. Yeah. All right. Um, next voicemail is a question that uh, we haven't answered in a long time. A long time. Hi, Ron Hunter and Connor. Oh wait, screwed that up. Anyway. Hank from Woodstock, Connecticut. I got a very, very important question for you. Um, I'm in the. I've uh, gotten a new job, and there's a comic shop around the corner from where I work, which is offering basically based on the volume of comics I get, a 30% discount. Where the comic shop that I've been going to, that's close to my home, will only give me a 10% discount. So how do I divorce my old comic shop? What is the best way to do it? Do I basically go in there and say, hey, you know, there's this sexier girl, sexier store in another town, and she gives me more for less. I don't have to put up with, you know, her higher prices. Like, what is the most effective way to do that? And do I actually give my old shop the opportunity to match the discount, or do I just basically kick them to the curb? So I guess that's – so how do I divorce my old comic shop? Thanks, guys. Love the show. As I listen to this, I'm just imagining Connor's answer. Just don't go. Fuck him. You don't know him anything. <laughs> just am I, am just, I wrong? Just stop showing wrong, up. <laughs> well, for number one, the hunter joke. Yeah. That's an old one. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, no, I'm not, you're not wrong. I mean, you don't really owe your store any loyalty. Yeah. Well, I mean, it depends. Do you have a relationship with them? Ron, you have a relationship with the person that you go to. Your, you know, you know, you're friends with the guy who runs the shop you go to. I have to move. <laughs> I know because you can't you can't quit. Yeah, I'm stuck in the middle. Like I adopted the cat of my comic shop guy once, and then I was like, "You're too far away. I don't want to drive there anymore." <laughs> the tough thing. Um, what t- you do? I stopped going, but I told him I was like, I, "I can't. I don't. I don't work out here. I don't go out here. It takes me two hours to get out here in traffic." I'm. I think that's sorry. a that's a good. If you want to go, if you don't want to be honest, if you don't want to be upfront. Just be like, listen. If you don't want to say, listen, I. What I would do is I. If, that was if, honest. Well, right, no, but I'm saying for this guy, he could use the well. It's closer to work. It's easier to get my comics. You know, like I want to switch there. If you want to go the price thing, I don't. You know, like it's not terribly unreasonable to be like, hey, he's giving me a better discount. And if you, the, your current guy is like, well, I'll up your discount to fifteen or twenty. Is that enough to keep you to stay? But I hate. I would hate to make it about price. Like I wouldn't do that because that's well, just you know it's because that's because you're taking business away from somebody who you may or may not like. It all depends on that relationship. I think it yeah, sounds like, yeah. it sounds like you have a relationship of some kind with the people you wouldn't care, or there's a there's like a subscription commitment kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. In order to get the discount, you have to say you know have to like have your pull list or whatever. Because um, because the, the, the thing is is that like if my store if my uh, like, honestly I don't even know what my discount is because I, I I have a rule that they don't tell me how much my comics are because um, I just want to know but um but if my store was giving me a ten percent discount and the store there is a comic book store that is closer to my apartment there like it's a, a shorter walk 
And if they were offering a better discount, I don't think I would still go because the experience I have at the store I go is so positive and so enjoyable. Like it's worth it for me. You know, what here's I mean? what I here's what I think you should do. Don't don't end the relationship with the other shop because what if you start going to the new one and, and something you never thought about before like don't, they'd never order the books you want yeah, what if they're jerks what if yeah, you yeah, just don't, don't like going there what if there? the shop near me here where the one closest to my house is literally around the, around the corner and I hate it yeah. I go in there and it's just everything you don't want about a comic store it's just dudes calling each other fag left and right and all they have is Marvel and DC books and it's awful uh, so you, know, you don't know Try some try try it out. For yeah, definitely while. don't don't cut them off until you decide which store is better for you. And if, if the second store is better for you, then you just you, right. you know you have to say, listen, I have this other this other situation going on. Yeah, it's never. like it's, it's like breaking up with a girl or a guy. Not you, it's me. Yeah, exactly. And then you, and then you can never go in the other store again because it's too awkward. Well, that's the tough oh, thing. Hey. Is that, yeah, that's the tough thing. Hey, is I just you... wanted to pick up this trade. You, no, no, it's, I just thought it'd be cool to buy something here instead. <laughs> no, no, it's cool. I'll go. Well, if they and have that's, two... a, that's a tough thing about making friends with your your store owner. And I'm friends with my store owner. It would be tough if I moved. Yeah, you know, or something. But it'd be really, it'd be, it'd be really tough if you change stores because he'll he'll hunt you down. But if I moved, I probably would have to. If I moved <laughs> no. somewhere, you know, I'm kidding. Of, He's a good guy. He's a good guy. Um, it's, it's it's tough. There's also like Ron said, intangibles. You yeah. got to take that take that into account too. Yeah, it's tough, and yeah, and maybe the other store sells some kind of comics you've never even heard of. Yeah, some kind of black comics, <laughs> kind of new new kind of lacy comics. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, great question. We haven't answered that one in a while. So if you have a question, you can shoot us a voicemail at 1-888-FANBOYS. That's 1-888-326-2697. And as Josh mentioned, uh, <laughs> keep them short, 30 seconds. Tell us what your name, where you're from, and your question. You know how many times I've seen that movie? How many? A lot. Who <laughs> <laughs> in the last time that I, that I realized that, that Beanie was right when he was saying that? I, well, he was. Which is ironic was. because you, well, for a whole other host of reasons. <laughs> Listen, well, as a groomsman, I always offer the service if you want to leave. That's my job as a groomsman. Yep, Don't it is. It, it is. Anyway. Where, were you, where, were the, where the hell were you five years ago? <laughs> I, was, I was hungover. Sleeping with the bridesmaid is what you were doing. <laughs> I was sleeping with one of your bridesmaids. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. Um, it's okay. Anyway, so um, we got another podcast. It's called iFanboy Don't Miss. It comes out every Monday, and that's where we talk to a, a creator about a book that's coming out on the, on the upcoming week. And this week we've got a very special Don't Miss. It's our, our first Don't Miss double feature. Um, I spoke to Jay Ferber of Dynamo 5. And me and Chris Neesman spoke to Ryan Otley and Jason Howard of Sea Bear and Grizzly Shark. Um, their one shot that's coming out. So it's an Image Comics themed uh, double don't miss for you. It's going to come out tomorrow if you're listening to this on Sunday. But on Monday, um, the date will be June 19th for those looking at details. Um, but it's also special because we're going to be announcing the winner of our Dynamo 5 giveaway. Uh, Jay Ferber and I will announce the winners of who won the, the two sets of complete Dynamo 5 uh, trade paperbacks, four in all, and a signed issue of Dynamo 5 number one, the new series that comes out next week or this week. Um, so you're going to want to listen to that and check out Dynamo 5 and Seabear and Grizzly Shark when you go pick up your stores. Go to iTunes, subscribe to that show if you haven't already, or look for it on iFanboy.com on Monday. Talksplode! Boom! I talked to oh. Bob Shrek, who is the senior editor uh, at IDW Comics. Uh, he is taking a, taking a stab at writing for the first time. He's been in comics for 30 years, and he's like, I guess I'll write my first one. Uh, but he's writing the Jurassic Park Redemption book, which takes place after 
all the other movies, and it's about is the it kids. after? Because I was just watching Jurassic Park again a couple days ago, and it was it's about the kids. Awesome, like they're grown up in it, and I was oh, really? I, I was watching, thinking, you know what, they could do another sequel with the kids as adults. That's what that's what it is. Oh, there you go, synchronicity between my brain and Bob Shrek's brain. It's got, <laughs> it's got a Frank Miller cover too. But uh, the thing, the other thing about that is, and, and listen, around here, we love some Jurassic Park. We do. Hold on we to your really, butts. Really, Hold on, Hold to, your on to your butts, indeed. Well, I, don't, I think uh, I think Dotson gets said the most. Dotson, Dotson, Dotson we got Dotson. The, 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 the chaos theory. What's his back? He really was an asshole. He was oh. Jeff Goldblum was great in that movie. He was awesome. He was trying that. to yeah. pick. He was trying to pick up the chick right out from under his nose the whole time. Oh. You're, 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 you're quite lovely. But don't don't it, tell me someone. Someone, someone as, as as beautiful as you. But uh, there's, there's no chaos theory. But, uh, I'm, I'm on, right here on Pirates of the. <laughs> I'm her boyfriend. I'm right. I'm right here on Pirates of the Caribbean. The pirates don't try to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> and he's jacked in that movie. He too. totally is. It is all packed. Uh, <laughs> it's a great movie. It really is. It doesn't. Uh, age, it ages fantastically. <laughs> it really does. Even the effects look good. Yeah, it yeah. does look. The, the effects look good, and it gets only funnier with with time. And, and the comic's pretty good. I heard too. Yes. Anyway, so I uh, talked to Bob Shrek, but the thing that you need to know is if you don't, maybe the name sounds a little bit familiar to you, but I want you to understand how much influence Bob Shrek has had over comics. Uh, it, all the comics that you know about today, a lot of the people's careers, you know, he started. He put together like a ton of things because he co-founded Oni Press. He worked at Dark Horse Comics. He worked at DC and Vertigo for a really long time. We talk about all that stuff. And it's oh, just no, he, I mean, I mean the dude, the dude. I mean, the dude's worked with Matt Wagner, uh, Greg Rucka, Brubaker, like all these he names. Brought, like, he brought Greg Rucka and Ed Brubaker into comics. Yeah, I mean, well, uh, Brubaker into mainstream comics. Uh, Rucka into doing his first comics, and he did Whiteout. I mean, yeah. like Frank Miller, he edited like a ton of Sin Cities and yeah. Dark Knight Strikes Again. Like, oh, and, I mean, talk about Dark Knight Strikes Again and yeah. the re- the reaction to that. And and you know Frank's reaction to that. It's a really interesting show about a about a guy who's who's been there in all of the sort of a lot of the significant comics that have happened. So I was I was really pleased to talk to him. So uh, you should listen to it. Go back in the feed. It'll be there if it hasn't already downloaded automatically. Cool. And uh, and last week we reviewed the A Team the movie because we wanted to. Because it was awesome. Yep. That's why. Yep. And this yeah. week, Josh, we got yeah. another one, right? Apparently, Jonah Hex. But how God, excited are you? I'm not. <laughs> I'm not excited about it. He has good big head and tiny shoulders. Is the thing you love that comic though? I thought this was the Megan Fox movie. <laughs> I like the, the Daredevil comic too. No, but listen, everybody, everybody should go check it out. Jonah Hex, uh, Jimmy Palmiotti, and Justin Gray write the comic book, and and it, it, do they yeah. do they get anything for it? They might. I don't know. Nah, but what I, they get is hopefully increased tra- uh, trade sales. Exactly. Exactly. They, yeah. what, you know what? If any of the concepts from the movie get used. And for the, and the concepts from their book get used, they get paid for that in the movie. Because, yeah. like, I remember hearing, like, like, Chuck Dixon got a check for Batman Begins. For, for the bridges. Yeah, they did yep. something. Yep. But it was, like, for six grand. But so it's uh, not a ton. Nay, but honestly. They got a big check for Bane in Batman yeah. Forever. I mean, the, 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 um, the support, support the movies. Yeah, support the movies. It, it, it does, the movies help comics, whether, you, whether they're bad or good or whatever. If it's a good movie, it helps comics. So go check it out. Uh, what I'm saying is don't tune out during this part of the show because this is sometimes it goes wacky. We start talking about Jurassic Park. Get to iFanboy.com. You can comment on Ron's Pick of the Week review. You can comment on this show. And all the stuff that's going on there, we, we try to keep it full all the time with stuff going on, which gets harder before San Diego because no one's talking about shit. <laughs> it's uh, quiet. <laughs> uh, 
God, do you have anything to write about? <laughs> no, nothing's happening. Uh, but get there anyway, because we still have lots of fun stuff uh, and all our regular stuff and the word balloon. We just start podcast. posting our IM chats. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening? I don't know. Nice. Did you look here? Yes, there's nice. nothing going on. Well done. Uh, Go to ifamo.com. You'll see how to hook up with us on Twitter and Facebook and all those places. And also find the video show. This last week was Jonah Hex, and this next week is an anthology show, which seems to have nothing in common with itself in any way. So yeah. there'll be three fun segments. Three fun ones. What a fun sexy time. I like doing mine. Mine was good. Yeah. They're fun to do. So, yeah, they are good. I was really tired. Anyway, <laughs> I, I haven't done mine yet. <laughs> if you're looking to get in touch with us, you can email us at contact.ifanboy.com or leave a voicemail at 1-888-FANBOYS. That's 1-888-326-2697. Let us know any questions, comments, or anything you might have. We'd love to hear about hear from you, so please call and write. And if you like the show, write us a review on iTunes. It helps people find the show when they search comic book podcasts. That people with more reviews get pushed up higher. So do that, please, for us and for the video show. We really appreciate it. Even better than that is to tell your friends about the show. People who like comics. People don't even like comics. People who may just like to sing like Ron. Hello. They might like our show. So spread the word. We appreciate it. Thank oh. you. Excellent. Wow, this, this ended, end, ended wacky. It really did. Dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, John. Hello, John. Ah, ah, ah. Ah, ah, ah. Ah, ah, ah. You didn't say the magic word. <laughs> Samuel Jackson before you thought he was cool. Dude, is a code oh, bit off. Yeah. All right. Until next week, I'm Ron. Josh had hot bridesmaids. That's all I'm going to say. That's all. I'm going to second that one. I'm Connor, and I'm going to pour another drink. Oops. The, 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 the wedding was, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, was uh, an experience. <laughs> <laughs>